Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in again to What the Hector, episode three. Before the episode started, I kind of wanted to get on here and just talk with you guys and give a little message before you hear the content of the episode, which involves um, an interview with my friend Keenan and the subject of gender. It's a very powerful episode, and Keenan shares a lot of important details about the manifestation of transness and trans identity. And working through the episode, I found myself being really emotional. So um, please understand that while me and Keenan do share a lot of laughs throughout the episode and things are lighthearted for the most part, it does take a pretty serious turn as we talk about things involving transphobia, um, domestic abuse, um, the inaccessibility of healthcare for trans individuals, um, and things on the spectrum. So if you feel comfortable with listening to this, tune in next week. Um, but this conversation that happens is really important. And if you choose to stick around, I'm sure people will, and you will learn a few things about um, how to be trans allies and um, the complications that gender and existing beyond a binary system. Um, so once again, thank you so much for listening. I'd like to remind everybody again that you can catch these episodes stream live on the Stereo app. Um, go ahead and follow my account at Hector Espy, H-E-C-T-O-R-E-S-P-Y. Um, we stream every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Um, other than that, without further ado, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Welcome back to the pod. My name is Hector. This is What the Hector, uh, episode three of season one. Today we are talking about a super amazing topic called gender. We're going to be answering some of the hard questions and really um, diving deep into the structure of what we assume to be gender. And we have um, one of our my amazing people in my lives who has taught me so many things about the LGBT community and it continues to inspire me on the daily. Um, we have Kian. Hi, Kian. Welcome to the pod. Hello, Hector. I'm excited to be here. Oh, you're so sweet. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing good. Okay, this is weird because I've literally seen Kian like probably three times throughout the day. Um, so it's like, <laughs> it feels weird to say hello and we said hello like multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> it is very weird, but it's okay. It's great. It's great. Okay, Kian, um, also just in general, um, how has the pandemic been treating you? How has your life changed pre and post? Or rather um, in the middle of? Well, I mean, the pandemic itself hasn't necessarily affected me that much because all of the jobs that I've had the last year or so um, have been considered essential. So basically, yeah. I'm continuing to work two jobs and then go get groceries and then go home every night, pretty much. Um, right? But <laughs> Man, isn't that crazy? There's some yeah. people who have literally been home this entire pandemic, which is like, that's a privilege in itself you know what i mean to not oh, have to yeah. worry about oh, like yeah. having to go out and like risk your life every day to get your food that is just crazy it really is yeah <laughs> oh that is so insane okay well can i kind of um i want to preface this this conversation by saying this is a really tough subject it's super personal and it's very um you know it's a, it's a topic that a lot of people lack the vocabulary to articulate like the intricacy of because it's changing. It's a topic that's changing. Just like race, this is changing. Um, but basically, I brought you on kind of just to talk about your experience and 
um, you know, on our in our personal talks and in our personal life, I've learned a lot about you. And um, even though you are many things to me, you are incredibly kind and sweet and smart and you love your wife and you um, work at the same job as me. And, (laughs) you know, you're all these multifaceted things. Um, Something that I, you you know, you're, you're complex and I don't want to take away from like um, something that's so personal to you. And I I really wanted to bring you on, not as like the arbiter of everything related to gender, but kind of just to share your experience because I think it, it really um, touches on a lot of people's lives. So that is to say, first thing I want to say, do you want to um, talk about how you identify and how gender has affected your life? Uh, yes, definitely. So, um, uh, well, <laughs> I feel almost like I'm walking into like some type of group therapy, but... Um, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> so uh, I identify, I mean, basically as Keenan, which is yeah. a trans man who's proud of it. Um, and very open about it, even when it's uncomfortable. Um, honestly, gender has affected my life in a lot of ways because I am a trans man. Um, growing up, I mean, do you really want me to get in depth with this or just? Yeah, of... absolutely. If it helps, like, um, okay. now that you've kind of talked about like your trans men, this like origin stories start like how does go ahead and start with your childhood origin stories because I think um we want to hear a little bit about how developing you know how did you like learn that you you were feeling with like a little bit of gender dysphoria and that you were like facing those challenges um yeah I can definitely get into that uh growing up I obviously I didn't know that I was a little girl like considered a little girl back then when I talk about myself I talk about myself as a little boy because that's how I've always felt and who I believe I've always been um but when other people talk about me obviously um certain people will still use she her and talk about me as a little girl but um anyway I didn't know entirely what gender was really until I was probably 13 or 14 years old um I was taught about differences I was taught about all this but I had no idea that the reason that I had to wear dresses and the reason that I had to keep my hair longer than my brothers and not do certain things and go to tea parties with my mom and do all this other stuff was because I was considered a little girl. For me, it was very frustrating and confusing, um, especially when I found out that that, that I was different than my brothers were. Um, and that's why I was dealing with all of that. Um, sorry, I'm like heavy breathing, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I was so like, people say I'm confused. And I'm like, I was because I had no idea (laughs) why my mom was making me wear that stuff. Like, that's what I was confused about. But um, yeah, it was, it's a lot like you first 10 years of my life, I was like, why am I this outsider? Why am I being forced to be this way when I don't feel like I am this way? Getting into middle school and high school is when I really started understanding like, oh, I am supposed to be acting like a woman because that's how everybody else sees me. Um, I didn't even know actually at the time what transgender was. I didn't find out until like literally my junior year of high school. Um, But at that time, like in between that period, I was starting to find out that I was expected to act like a woman. And so I would 
do my best to act that way. But it hurt me a lot. Like I shut down emotionally. I was severely depressed. I was severely angry. I felt like I had no support because I had no, I didn't even know what the word transgender was. So I had no idea how to express my pain. But the time I did find out, I felt unsafe. I was in high school. I was living with my mom at the time and it wasn't necessarily entirely her fault, but the people that I grew up around did not make me feel safe in accepting and experiencing and just expressing that. So I really kind of um, almost overcompensated really in the feminine parts of me to try and force myself to feel different than I truly was. And eventually I, I've never even thought about this, but like there had to be one day where I was just like, you know what, screw it. Like, let me just live my life. But I honestly don't even know what day that was. Um, But I know in high school, I was pretty relentless after I think it was like early senior year. I finally was just like, you know what, I'm going to start my social transition. But like senior year of high school, I was like, let me just start this. I started going by Kian. Um, I started online, actually. In high school, initially, I knew my parents would be a little bit more accepting if I said that I was a lesbian than if I was transgender. Um, So initially, I came out as a lesbian, and that was really, really hard. Um, I got like beat up. I got followed home. I got like told terrible things. by people and i felt because i kind of grew up in a religious family i felt like i had to um i had to go through that like i deserved it anyway i kind of lost where i was going when i went into that part but um you're fine (laughs) i mean yeah you you said a lot of important things there and yeah um specifically um i mean i can definitely share with you in that aspect about having like an online community and a platform because i think there's kind of like a certain like anonymous nature of like the internet and the way it works like despite the fact that we like all have our names and our profiles and our profile pictures there's kind of like a disconnect between a profile and a real life person you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so you can be anyone you want on the internet so it when there's no repercussions for like sharing your identity or your interests it's like a lot more freeing in nature you know what i mean oh yeah definitely so yeah i definitely feel that aspect and i think that relates to a lot of queer kids too i know a lot of people who were on those online servers and platforms who were queer or queer identifying or adjacent and i think it's yeah that's definitely important and also a point that you bring up is like this experience of not knowing what transgender was was it because like you grew up in like a conservative town or do you think that there just simply wasn't because i'm trying to put it in like the spatial dimensions of like our media and how much it's evolved do you think there was like yeah. an absence of like trans representation in the media? As well? Definitely. Um, and not only that, uh, well, I guess definitely to both of the things that you said. Um, mm-hmm. In more conservative areas, typically the media that's released or promoted is going to be more conservative media. So like in like the TV broadcasts on like satellite TV and whatnot that were in that town were a lot of like old Westerns. Um, like which is not old westerns no like old westerns um like i love lucy which i love lucy is kind of like a really funny show but oh yeah yeah anyway yeah yeah. (laughs) yes yes um (laughs) (laughs) but there's i I don't want to go off about her right now because i i love her (laughs) okay um (laughs) there was like 
a bunch of like Christian shows, like the most like risque type of show that was on TV in that town was like Bones. Yeah. Okay. So Ken, uh, another key point that you kind of raised up is this issue of feeling like you weren't supported in your community. And I think allyship and how to traverse these kind of issues is really difficult because like I said, people just don't have like a firm understanding of it. So how do you think, like, what are the ways in which someone can be a good ally for someone who is trans or someone who is non-binary? Um, like, what are the things and the kind of nuances and things that kind of um, shape your relationship with people? I think the most important things are pronouns, boundaries, and knowing what questions are okay. Um, yeah. If you have a question, most definitely, if you have a question about a transgender person, look up if that question is okay to ask. And before you ask that person, like even if the internet says it's okay, before you ask that person, like think about the fact, would I ask this to a cisgender person? Yeah. Or is it safe to ask this to anybody else other than this person? If the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't. Like the answer in your head is no, then you probably shouldn't, even if the internet says yes. Um, another thing you can do is ask that person, Hey, I have a kind of uncomfortable question. Are you mentally able to do that right now? Or do you never want me to ask these types of questions? Or are you okay with me asking them sometimes when you give me permission and whatever that person says, do that. Um, because boundaries are so important. And that's right. what, another thing is the boundaries. I think I said that. Um, boundaries are very important, um, especially in personal, like intimate relationships with trans people, you need to respect their boundaries because, and you need to know their boundaries, like clearly communicate your boundaries and their boundaries together. Um, right. I mean, I guess that goes with any relationship, but, um, because there are certain things that one trans person might enjoy that another trans person would not, um, whether it be physical just talking about or just like thinking about like yeah. like reflecting on you know there like there are things that my wife doesn't like videos she has of me that she keeps personally that she doesn't show me because like it was of a time when my voice was a lot higher like we like it's a really adorable video like it could be like me at a carnival with her or something but my voice was a lot higher and I don't I'm not comfortable with that because yeah. it just it, it literally triggers me and that's one of the boundaries that I have set and she respects it. Um, right. The other thing is pronouns. Um, and I'm really sorry if I'm going on tangents here, but. Um, no, please. Yeah, these are important. Yeah. <laughs> pronouns, uh, pronouns, pronouns, pronouns. That, mm -hmm. that is like, if you need to quote me, just, just quote that. Um, pronouns, pronouns, pronouns. <laughs> Great. <laughs> listen, it is so important to ask people their pronouns, um, yeah. no matter who they are. Honestly, like it might be scary, it might be uncomfortable, but I have asked like these big, strong, deep voiced men their pronouns. And sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for asking. Like it that. literally, like it can be so scary and so uncomfortable. But from my experience, like even people who don't seem like they would know what a trans person is, like sometimes they're just very respectful about it, whether because like. That's a question that's really like you're not forcing someone to out themselves. It's you're not universal, forcing someone to exactly. be uncomfortable. It's just like yeah, 
and that's why like i think a lot of like academic spaces are like requiring now that when like professors introduce themselves or like students like get around in a group the first question is always pronouns because it kind of opens the space for people to introduce themselves just as a way to introduce their name it's personal it's intimate and every person can give a different response not necessarily based on the way they present themselves in that space Oh, yeah. And at work, at and any at work, job yeah. that provides the ability, like in the resume, in the like letter that you might provide or the like any emails you send to the boss or even like your name tag, anything. If you can put your pronouns on there because the company like openly says, hey, this is OK, that is so important. And it makes you feel so much safer, even if some of your coworkers aren't okay with it, like you've, it makes you feel like, hey, the company has my back. And that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, and I like, think too, yeah. like putting pronouns and people getting uncomfortable by it is sort of telling and this is something I kind of want to talk about as well. Um, because it can, it can certainly be like an educating moment as well for people who are unfamiliar with pronouns or what they mean, or kind of, ask people like why would you have something other than what you present yourself as because okay and this is this is going into kind of like defining like my perception of gender and the way i understand it and i think it's a pretty like reasonable model and the way it was kind of talked about um i'm gonna quote uh, a reference courtney acts from the big brother series if you guys know her go watch it it's amazing the term like gender as a spectrum is really relevant but i think people don't understand the nuances of what that means so basically, like, under, or opening up a perception of gender as man existing on one end and woman existing on the other is so important because if we were to think of it on a number line, there's all these integers that exist between 0 to 10. And even, like, 0 and 10 is not finite in itself because you can have 0. 0.0001 or 0. 0.00002 or 0. 0.00003. And Preach. likewise, you can also have 9.99994, 9.9995. So I think like understanding that is kind of important because I'd also like it's 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 more able to understand our perception of like what terms like non-binary means. It simply means not existing on either of those two endpoints. It's not necessarily existing at a strictly or concretely at a five. Some days they can be a four, or they identify as a six or a seven or an eight. And I think this 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 kind of number lines um, analogy is also really cool because it kind of allows us to illustrate like the the different factors that go into understanding gender, the social and cultural, because everyone's kind of like um, understanding of what gender is, what constitutes a woman or a man is different depending on their cultural background, whether it's more oh, yeah. more you know muscles, the way they dress, the way they speak, their affectations, that kind of those kind of factors kind of guide you into understanding people or your perception of those people as either closer to zero or closer to 10. So that is to say that when people say that they don't understand pronouns or they get angry or flustered over all these pronouns are being invented, girl, gender was invented. It's not real. Mm -hmm. Like our understandings of this is not real. They're all based on our cultural values and our societal superimpositions that we had no part in making. You only adopted them because you were told to. Um, oh, yeah. So you know what I mean? So it's like using this kind of number line analogy is kind of good for um, dispelling the uncomfortability that people have in, in, in doing that. And I think partially because I think people who are secure in their own gender identity don't feel threatened by this, but people who, let's say like the hyper-masculine, toxic masculinity people 
they feel a little bit threatened because I think this analogy kind of puts them at like, maybe I'm not a perfect 10. Maybe I'm a 9.995 and there's another person who's a 9.6. You you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I hope that kind of illuminated for people who don't necessarily understand what gender is and the differentiation between gender and sex um, because that's an argument that's used overplayed so much i mean the conversation on transness and the conversation on people who are not binary is always so perplexed and so fixated on like body parts and surgery and we need to move away from that there's so many more things beyond that that are just as important if not more so do you agree with that ken okay oh yeah yeah um i was gonna say in addition to what you were saying another thing that's important is um like gender expression versus gender identity um, is very important as well. Um, There are people. So (laughs) just like you said, basically it's a social construct um, with gender expression as well. There are people who identify as male and prefer he, him pronouns, but it's okay for them to have (laughs) purple hair. And yeah. I have purple hair, by the way. And um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Not and um, for the <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like there's it's okay for people to have long like if they go by he him to have long hair or to wear dresses or to wear high heels like just rock it like enjoy it be you. Um, like just because you wear a dress doesn't mean you're not a man. Just because you have like a pink mustache doesn't mean you're not a man. Just because like, I don't know, like just because women wear pants doesn't mean they're a man. Like just because you choose to dress a certain way one day doesn't mean you're not non-binary. Like you're still non-binary. There's like so many things that I could just go off about right now, but, um, like gender expression does not have to match your gender identity. Like you wear that dress and you be the manliest man that you could possibly be like, because you know what? It takes strength. It takes courage. It takes everything that freaking, um, (laughs) what is that? Disney princess, uh, Mulan. I think (laughs) Yeah. everything that Mulan says you need to be, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be a manly man like yes just whatever you feel makes you manly whatever you feel makes you a woman whatever you feel makes you non-binary or anything in between like there is like it just whatever you feel makes you you and that's all it is at the end of the day we're all just having separate streams of consciousness and moving our bodies around because our consciousness is making us do so but yeah. we have the thoughts and we're the ones that are allowed to express those thoughts and take action. Period. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's like strong <laughs> evidence for that too. Like if you look like even in our, um, vast different cultures and like regional differences, things that are considered like dresses exist and are like the biggest signs of masculinity in different cultures. And it's just like, we have to kind of take ourselves out of our person and take ourselves like a almost metaphysical level to understand like the relationships between different people. Um, and just that distinction between, like you said, gender expression and gender identity, the self and I, and the way that I perceive people and the way that I believe I know myself as, um, 
which is really complicated and hard to people. And sometimes it can really be scary. So we yeah. kind of have to also like wrap our heads around why people might be intimidated or scared by this. It's, it's definitely a hard concept to talk about. Um, but going on that, on a completely different note, I wanted to ask you, Kian, do you think one day you're ever going to want to have children? <laughs> I know. <this> um, is- <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, I'm laughing because my wife and I actually had a conversation about this. That was, like, very, oh. a very happy moment um, <laughs> this morning. Um, we, we both really want to have kids. Uh, my wife is a wonderful person. Um, and I would absolutely love to have kids with her, whether we adopt or not. Like I personally prefer to adopt if we do have kids because there's so many people out there with homes. Like if I could just adopt every single child, I would, but anyway, um, you are literally the most caring person in the world. (laughs) Literally every day. I just like, I'm more just amazed by how much you like put compassion into the universe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) i really appreciate that but i feel the same way about you honestly um but i mean my wife is the same way she absolutely adores kids um she was like she's such a strong woman sorry she just she was there for her sister um because her sister was going through something a while ago and like she literally stayed with her sister for i think it was like a month just to make sure that because she just had a baby just to make sure that she had that extra help. Like she didn't work. She didn't get paid nothing. Like she was just there and going through it with her sister so she could have someone. And it was like, she was so excited that her sister had a baby and she was like also just being there and it was just great. But anyway, um, seeing how happy my wife was in that moment, like whenever I would go up there and visit them, um, And just seeing how happy she was, even though she was exhausted and like, even though she was like helping her sister so much and had no time to just rest, that just made me want kids so much more. And uh, this morning, my wife told me that she's actually interested in like going to see a doctor for it and stuff because she's really wants to soon. Uh, We were also talking about getting a house possibly next year and making sure we get one for kids and stuff. And the way I'm, I'm going to cry I'm right so now, you guys, excited. this is really, <laughs> Kate is going through so many um, life changes. I just, uh, this is emotional. <laughs> well, I'm really happy for you guys. This is like definitely, Thank um, you. you know, I recently got my nephew. Um, I think it's going to be a little over a year. Um, he's, he was born in September. So yeah, but yeah, having a child just really like, um, uh, I personally didn't have it, but like um, having a child in my life, it's just like, it kind of pushes you, pushes you back into like this, like, oh my God, everything they experience is a brand new experience. Like they have never tasted things that we take for granted all the time. They're going to be able to like look back and watch all the shows that we love, like for the first time and fall in love with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this innocence and this youth that just like makes me feel so much more grateful for life. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Seeing him like navigate things just makes me so happy. And it's the simplest things. It's the simplest things that really do it for me. Okay. But the reason I asked you that question is because I wanted to know in the future, like when you guys do have those kids and you move into your new house and you start your new life, like, do you think um, being more conscious and having like firsthand experiences with the complications of gender and how they changed you, do you think that's going to kind of um, change the role of parenting for you and the way that you raise your kids? Like, will they be in more of a neutral environment or... (laughs) 
you know what, Hector, you are such an intelligent person. Like, that's a really good what? question. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you, that's a really good question. Um, definitely. It's a tough one, though, I think. Uh, I love talking about this, though. Uh, yeah. It is tough, but I love talking about it. Um, for me personally, I think that, like, for example, gender reveal parties, um, yeah. I personally don't think I would want to do one, but I also know how important it is for certain people. And at the end of the day, I think, and you, I, it's okay if you like disagree with me, I'm willing to talk yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, go ahead. Not. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's really a celebration about the baby. Um, yeah. I would hope that you're celebrating the baby more than the gender and also that you're you're open to the idea of that changing because like for me i never got this but i've seen a lot of trans people get a new gender reveal party after they come out or after they have the surgery that was most important to them or after they even like cut their hair or the way they want to for the first time, like those, like trans people have those types of things because in a sense, gender is something to celebrate as long as you identify as that. Um, it's the consent component there, right? I think it's really yeah, important yeah. too. It's the consent, but I agree with you. I think that sometimes we do things out of the tradition for them. We're doing it for the baby and we're also doing it for the family. I mean, Every son just became an uncle. Every um, mom just became a grandma. Every dad just became a grandpa. And that's something to, to celebrate and to be happy about, you know? Yeah. I think it would be a lot cooler. Like, I mean, it's still a happy thing, but I think it would be a lot cooler if it um, was just a baby reveal. Like, yes, this is my child. The nomenclature, yes. <laughs> it should change yes exactly um, because i think too like uh, going on that subject of language and like the way we use things I, okay correct me if i'm wrong but i think in recent years we've ch changed the names of surgeries for trans people were renamed from gender reassignment to gender confirmation right um in certain hospitals yes um, in certain hospitals okay. i believe technically it should be updated but there are areas that still use those terms unfortunately um right healthcare oh is a very i think what i should do is actually start with the child thing and then move on to that because the healthcare is like yeah. very long so so basically gender reveals i'm okay with them i don't know if i would personally do it moving on from that the kids growing up i'm going to let them I'm okay. So what is upsetting to me is when you have a kid like from birth, if that's what we choose to do, you sign it after they have already labeled the child as a certain gender. Um, I would hope that they would change it to like, this is the child's sex for healthcare reasons, child's gender and provide that option for the child to change it when they become an adult and, or when they become aware of what they truly feel they are, you know, um, yeah. that would be very important. Um, anyway, for the children themselves, uh, once they are able to understand what gender is, um, I would 
genuinely just teach them, hey, this is this is really what gender is, a social construct. You can yeah. view yourself as anything you want to be. And if you're capable of doing that for yourself, then be it. If you're comfortable with doing that for yourself, then do it. Because yeah. like you are who you are. And I know a lot of parents try to say that it's confusing and whatnot, but at the same time, it's like you're you're confusing them by saying it's confusing yeah. because they're looking at it and they're like, they have so many ambitions and goals and ideas already. Right. They can, they know they can be whatever they want to be because they're kids and that's what they're thinking. They're like, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. All they yes. can think about is what they want to be and what they're excited about and what they're comfortable with yeah. um, until they're uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. So like, it's not confusing. Kids are going to know who they are more than I think adults are because they don't have all the society's pressures. Um, and I also want to say just for the parents out there, like you are not an inherently bad person for raising your child in a certain, you know, gender specific way, but yeah. it's important to teach them that this is a choice that I'm making for you. If you disagree with it, I'd be more than happy to support you here regardless. Um, if you choose to change it later down the line, because I think like, instinctively as a parent their initial fear is that um you know if this child presents in a certain way that's you know it has a disparity with other people who see them it's it could be dangerous and like i understand from that perspective fine but we need to start teaching all children and eventually the world will become a safer place because we all have those understandings and those fundamental tools to kind of understand that everyone is different and everyone can make their own choices and you know it doesn't matter at the end of the day because you're right it's not too confusing for kids they can understand oh, it yeah. if they can dream to be astronauts and dream about aliens and things like that they can wrap their heads around the fact that someone wearing a dress does not make them a woman because we wear t-shirts t-shirts aren't a sign of gender both genders can wear t-shirts you know yeah so it's like it's an article of clothing yeah um and also in addition to that it's important like with what you said is for just for the parents to know that they need to show their kids that like they can have op open communication about that instead yeah. of like the kids need to know that they can talk to you about that. They need to know that you're safe to tell those types of things. Um, because if they don't, then it's going to be even more confusing and difficult. Like if my parents, if I knew that I, I mean, I'm not in a perfect spot, but if I knew that I was in, a better spot like I am right now when I was a kid to tell my parents something like that I would yeah like I would be farther in my transition I would be much happier I wouldn't be going to therapy every other week like I mean I might be going to therapy every other week but it would be much well different. we talk about this in the pod every um, single week everyone should go to therapy <laughs> I think you need to unpack your trauma yeah. it's time to heal <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah therapy is so important um, right. <laughs> I said that and I was like, you know what? I'm, I was crazy before I even understood what gender was. So <laughs> like, <laughs> like I had no, so I many issues, like yeah. mental troubles. Um, anyway, sorry, moving on from that. Um, I don't even know so where I was going to go. Okay. You're going to actually move on to healthcare because I think we don't have that much time, but anyway. Oh yeah, but well, before we get into that, I just want to say I'm closing this topic oh, yeah. on like childcare and children. 
um, like it's important to educate and not to stray away from the uncomfortable questions your children will ask because they always do. They're curious minds. And if you hush it and you quiet it down and you teach them that it's taboo or that it's inappropriate to ask, then they'll never learn. So I think it's just important that you like, like you said, open that communication, not to necessarily treat them like, like equals or that they're more knowledgeable about stuff like you, but just inform them of things, Be, make them more conscious, encourage these questions, but teach them how to phrase them, like you said, in a way that's respecting people's boundaries and with, you know, yes. taste and tactfulness. So yes, that is important. All right. Let's Always get on able to clarify what I say so much better than I do. <laughs> Thank you. No, Kian, you're really <laughs> fine. We're, this is, we're all learning here, you know, like you're teaching <laughs> me so much. Like I'm literally so, I'm so in awe. Okay. Go ahead, Kian. The floor is yours. Uh, healthcare <laughs> is um, it's a struggle for trans people, um, especially um, I think when Trump was president. I'm sorry to bring Trump into this, but You're the uh, there was a lot of changes made um, while he was president that weren't beneficial. I'm not going to lie. I can't list them because I am very tired right now. But there were a lot of scary things going on. But even before he was president, um, because I was transitioning, at least attempting to, before he was president, um, I started my social transition. And I would go into the doctor and talk to them about like the fact that I was taking testosterone, and they would kick me out of their office. Um, and at the time, I was too young to know that I had someone I could reach out to and report them. Um, I literally at one point was physically pushed out of an office by nurses um, because I had to tell the doctor that I was on testosterone and I was it, I wasn't using it for like cancer treatment or something um, or like a hormone like differential type treatment. But like I had to say that I was transgender and she kicked me out of the office. That was very hard for me. I had strep throat for weeks and I was in a lot of pain um, and she didn't give me anything she just kicked me out as soon as I said that um, I had another doctor that I went to I'm not sure exactly what it was for oh you know what um, I have hypothyroidism um, and my thyroid was like sometimes it the kind that I have it can make your thyroid swell and then your neck turns kind of red where the thyroid is um, and I, I was having that type of flare up and I just went straight to urgent care. Um, and it was noticeably red and like, it wasn't super swollen, but it was very red. Like a, it looks almost like a butterfly shape is what they call it. Um, anyway, wow, I went to urgent that's care. That's a beautifully horrific image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. But I went there with my aunt too. So I had a witness because I had been to this before and I was hoping I didn't have the same doctor, but I did. Um, she in front of my aunt, mind you, but pre COVID by the way, obviously, because I've been on testosterone for years, but anyway, um, she looked at my chart um, cause they were connected to the hospital that I was normally going to at the time. Um, and she said, oh, why are you on testosterone? Do I need to give you estrogen? And I was like, no. She was like, do you want me to test your testosterone and estrogen levels? Are you sure? Do you really need this? And I was like, no, like I, I need testosterone. I have what 
at the time they called body dysphoria. Um, I prefer kind of like incongruence, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, but she was, she just started screaming at me. Like she, I can't even, like, I was basically like so stressed. I blacked out like while she was yelling at me. So I can't recall everything, but she was, all I remember is she was going off about my hormones and how like I shouldn't have been taking testosterone and all this stuff. And I literally was like sitting there with like a painful red neck. And my aunt was like trying to grab the clipboard from the lady. So she didn't like, like she wasn't trying to hit me, but my aunt was like afraid. So she was like reaching for it. Like, cause this lady is screaming in his face. Um, and what I did was I called the, um, it wasn't the medical board. It was the manager of that woman or of that urgent care. And the manager called me back and totally lied to me. She said, (laughs) she said that woman worked in a transgender care center for 13 years. She would never do that to you. And I was like, you're lying because she did. And my aunt was there to witness it. And the lady just hung up and never, I tried to call the number back. I was blocked. It was a whole mess. Um, but this is common. This type of treatment is very common for trans people. They go into a hospital with a severe injury or severe sickness, and they get kicked out or treated very poorly or get called the wrong pronouns, the wrong name, everything, because they are trans. Um, but yeah, it's it's a whole thing that I could continue to go off on. But, no, honestly, uh, yeah. thank you so much for sharing, Kian. I This, this was really illuminating because we talk about like, misconduct in the medical field and how people who claim to be experts on all the things that their body have their own like personal biases and their own prejudice and mm-hmm. things that kind of affect their ability to work with certain type of people and i i just want to like i'm sorry that you went through that but i want to thank you so much for sharing i think it's important that people kind of recognize this and it's another factor that we're conscious of when we're discussing like trans visibility and trans identity is the access to healthcare because obviously it's it's not the same for all of us. It's it's never been the same, and it won't be for a long time. But we're ho- we're hoping to fix it. Um, yes. In general, I just want to thank you so much for coming today, Kian. Uh, you are, of course, such an inspiration in my life. One of my greatest confidants, um, an educator Aww. in the way that you just function in your day to day life. Um, I appreciate you so much. Is there anything you really want to leave off with anybody who's listening? whether it be trans folk or people who are allies, um, any messages you want to convey? Uh, If you are in the LGBT community at all, uh, you are loved. You're not alone. Uh, You're not alone. It's important to remember that whatever you're going through now, think about in a month, in maybe even two days, it might be something you totally forget. It might be something you remember three years from now and you're like, dang, that was a bad day, but I'm here now. Like everything is constantly changing. Everything can improve. Everything can get worse. But at the end of the day, you're alive and you're breathing and you've been there for yourself as much as you could, no matter how hard it was. So just don't give up. Keep going. And you're not alone. Ah, Ken, I could just cry right now. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You are an incredible <laughs> human being. I literally love you so Sorry. much. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of What the Hector. This is episode three. We shall see you next week on the Stereo app. Go ahead and follow me over there. Um, at Hector, S-E-H-H-E-C-T-O-R-E-S-B-Y. 
Um, we stream every Wednesday at 9 p.m. and you can tune in and ask the right questions and my, me and my guests might answer them. All right, well, thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye.